This podcast is for general informational purposes only and represents the individual opinions of Dr. Dimitri Bick, Dr. Stefan de Graff, Dr. Suzanne Mignon, and the guests. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or other professional healthcare services and should not be taken as medical advice or an establishment of standard of care. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Please don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe, but more importantly leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Reviews not only help us grow listeners, but also help us grow as a show, improve our content, and make us better. We are going to get to the mental health tip of the day brought to us by a tragedy in the last couple of weeks. We are going to do the healthcare horror stat of the week. And we are going to also talk about uh, a very interesting possibility in a case that's been going on for, for a while now, at least a month. Yeah. But But I want to open up today by telling a story even though we were going to do, we were going to talk about Dabble Sweeney absolutely going insane on a caller in which he said <laughs> this to them. You ain't going to talk to me like I'm, like I'm 12 years old. And it is so good and so funny, but I just think that we're just going to have to table that. There's no secret here, or maybe nobody knows, but there's no secret between us that my, one of my sons and your son, Suzanne, are best friends. Yes. And they love each other. They love hanging out with each other. And usually when they just hang out, they just, they sit next to each other on the couch and play Fortnite. Or they sit on their tablets and play the games on there. That's right. Rather than interacting, which is, you know, what our generation, but we're not, we're not the figure. So whatever. (laughs) Just just spending time together. That's fine. Yes. They're hanging out. They're they're hanging out. That's right. That's what they're doing. Just spending time together. So... Not the previous time they hung out, because they hung out this week, but the time before that, they were hanging out, and my son, uh, Ryan, who is the voice of most of this podcast, who you'll hear the voice of later in the Mental Health Tip of the Day intro, he comes home with um, $10 that we found in his pocket. Um, Actually, Maria found it in his pocket, and she's like, where did you get this? And he was extremely evasive, just <laughs> did not want to answer. And this is pretty typical when he does something he shouldn't do. Correct. So we were, you know, interrogating him would probably be a, a good word. And yeah. we found out that when he was over your place, he said that he had found a bag of pirate booty. And for those that don't know what pirate booty is, it is an awesome snack. It's got a little pirate on the front, but it's basically like little cheese puffs. Like puffs. Yeah, yeah, white cheddar and, puffs. And they're really good. So I understand. 
So he yes. apparently they were looking for snacks and well, he found I'm them. learning. I have no idea what that was. You don't know what pirate booty is? You gotta go nope. and get it. It's yeah, really you need, good stuff. It, it's delicious. But yeah, you know, so, it, it's um, funny that they were looking for snacks because all they did was eat and eat and eat. I think they went through two bags of popcorn, like the big bags, um, and then dinner and everything else. But yeah. Yeah. Well, so but they're boys, but, and, and this yeah, is how they boys. go. That's right. So <laughs> he found the bag of um, pirate booty, and he said that Alex, your son, offered him ten dollars to give him the bag of pirate booty, and instead <laughs> of just saying no, that's that's okay, we'll share, he sold him his bag of pirate booty for ten dollars. So, as a side note, I, I we owe you ten dollars. I, I gotcha. Um, but Maria went absolutely nuts on him. I, I'm going to have uh, to get my kid's side of the story on this because this is the first I'm hearing about it. I would. Love I know to see what he comes up with. I mean, maybe I, like I should do a live call right now. But you know, is he there? Interrogation. <laughs> um, he's not with me today, but I I can reach him by phone. Maybe during a break. Okay. Now I <laughs> thought that this was absolutely hilarious. That's funny. What I find it more hilarious is my son doesn't really like pirate booty. Really? And I don't remember oh us having God. pirate booty here at the house. So Someone's getting scammed, or someone's Someone. getting paid. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Someone's getting scammed, <laughs> and I just thought it was hilarious that my child, who I guess he, yeah, I guess he sort of is a little bit dramatic which is why we love his voice yes but he's also a con artist a little bit and <laughs> unless he's conning you with the whole story it's... because i don't remember there being any pirate booty here you got you got well, say... he has ten dollars and he got I, it from I know. alex i get it so it, it sounds like you're saying it with some kind of pride like my son is a con artist yeah i am <laughs> I, I am <laughs> now now there was there was a bit of an argument between me and Maria, she immediately said he needs to return this money. And although I'm not opposed to that, and I think that that's the right thing to do, I think that he should get credit for making a deal, being negotiating, a, being a good businessman and making a deal. <laughs> you know, it's the art of business. This is business, right? This is <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so yes, we're gonna give that money back. I don't even know where it is. It should be somewhere behind me. But the sacred um, $10. I just, I thought that the idea that he really conned funny. his friend into giving him money for something that the friend already owned is the height That's funny. of youth, <laughs> or at least this youth. <laughs> um, I don't think I was ever like that. And whenever our children do things like this, there's always this look between me and Maria of, you know who, Disbelief who or... gave this? You know who gave right. this to, right. the, to the child? <laughs> Who's, whose fault is this? That's right. Which genes? <laughs> I've never conned any of my friends. I was always on the opposite end of cons. So, <laughs> so you were getting... I, I said to her, "This must be coming from you," because I, when I was, I was gullible as a kid. There's stories of me giving stuff away to people, thinking they would return them. Yeah, which they never did. So it's clearly not. I would be Alex in this situation. So I'm going to blame all of this on her. I don't think that's fair. What if you had some genetic mutation when you made him? That, that I mean, 
that could have come from you and it just mutated. God, I hope so. I hope he's like an X-Men or something because my <laughs> X-Men power is just that that marijuana doesn't affect me. Marijuana in, in inhaled form doesn't affect me. That's my that's my X-Men that's power, power, which is that's totally useless. Yes, it's completely useless uh, unless the bad guy is, his power is to release marijuana smoke, which I don't know that any X-Men bad guy does that. I'm going to make you laugh. I'm getting a phone it call. Doesn't... Oh, oh really? wait, wait, that, that's what, what? like seriously. <laughs> Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. Good. I have a question for you. <laughs> you know, like when Ryan was here the other day, right? This is, this is great. Did you give him $10? This is fantastic. I, I'm just <laughs> asking a question. Did you give him $10? Yeah. Why? Because you wanted to. Boss you don't bird. just give money away. What? What? Why did you give him the $10? I don't know. I just don't. <laughs> What was it? Did you buy something from him? No. It wasn't for pirate booty? No, it was for pirate booty. Why would you why would you I give him because I know a lot. I never ask a question I don't know the answer to. Right? Oh, that's a good lawyer. That's a good lawyer trick right there. There you go. So so tell me, why did you give him ten dollars? They were food. They were Bible booty. Because you wanted pirate booty. Well, wasn't it your pirate booty to begin with? I know. So why would you give somebody $10 for a bag of pirate booty that's only worth a dollar? I don't know. That's not a good answer. <laughs> that was a very bad deal, sir. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that anymore, okay? Okay. All right. <laughs> Everything else good? Okay. I'll talk to you in a little bit then, okay? okay. Love you. Bye. That Thank was you to Alex for joining us. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> it's it's awesome. That's hysterical. Wow. It's going okay. to be like episode five years from now. Oh, my God. <laughs> for wow. birthday, five years, That's I'm going to this episode. That's <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Alex, yeah. for joining us. Um, hopefully, you can join us again at some time. Prompt to guest. Maybe we should have them both on and explain their situation. Yes. <laughs> Next week. Next week. Conflict oh. management. That's right. <laughs>
22% say daylight savings time has impacted their mental health negatively more than past years. Women, 29%, are nearly twice as likely as men, 16%, to say time change in this fall has negatively affected their mental health. Adults in rural areas, 28%, are also especially likely to say the time change has negatively affected their mental health. 67% of adults say they notice at least one behavioral change when the season changes to winter. Sleeping more, 31%, fatigue at 25%, and depression at 23%. So why are we still doing this? There are some states that don't do it. When I lived in Arizona, we didn't do it. Well, so, Arizona yeah, so why? is like the one place that doesn't do it. And and I think and I think it's because the government can't get their heads out of their ass, to be honest with you. So this thing has been on the So what's the argument what let's say what's the argument for doing it? For some reason I thought there was some kind of, you know, a way to save money on electricity because of the light bill. And then there's an argument about agricultural issues. Yeah, I, or, I remember it being about agricultural. I don't yeah. agricultural, right? So yeah. yeah. That was the original reason. It was because the increase in sunlight uh, gave farmers more time to grow crops, I guess. Yeah. Uh, or get the crops out. I don't remember the exact reason, but it was an agricultural issue. But yeah. is that really necessary anymore? It, um, it I don't was, know. The I don't know. I just kind of looked it up briefly. The Standard Time Act of 1918. Uh, was a wartime measure for seven months during World War One in the interest of adding more daylight hours to conserve energy resources. Oh, I thought it was an agricultural energy resource. That's, that's why I thought there was some energy. There's an argument for energy resources. It was originally implemented in World War One and to help conserve fuel and power in the U.S. But right. Now, most were the one that we're familiar with. Apparently, now we're on a different daylight savings time. Was started in 1966, and then changed again in 2005. Right, and it's not only the U.S. That's that, that's a bunch of countries in Europe also doing it, all over the world. So. Yes, we're not the only ones that do this. I, I will point out that this study is recent, so it's post-COVID. So maybe COVID had something to do with this this increase in seasonal affective disorder and mental health issues, but it just and seems- they say the region where these people were surveyed from? It does not. Because I would be curious if it's more people who live in the Northern states where it gets colder, as opposed to down here in Florida, um, um, are reporting more impact on mental health as well. Well, no, I would, I would completely agree that this is, this is a northern, more a northern issue than it's going to be a southern, like for Florida, for instance, that has yeah. warmer temperatures and sunlight. You know, it doesn't get dark until like eight o'clock during the summertime. And now it doesn't get dark till like six, I want to say, 6.30. 630 yeah. Whereas, but, but, you know, when I was in college, it would get dark at... You know, yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah. But I, I feel like people, people of, in Florida have been advocating for and stop, to stop that, you know, nonsense. So it, I don't know why they said that. To your point, Dimitri, I don't know why they're doing it in Florida, for instance. I could see where. Wasn't there the, a vote about it at some point, too? Yeah. I think it's always in the ballot. Yeah. I don't know why it doesn't it's, get passed. It's always but, been 
in front uh, of Congress right. sometimes, but they don't. They um, never pass it. But I, I would I would understand in, in states where the winter is long or you know the, the, the sun the sun light is very short during the winter. I, I would understand where there could be some kind of changes in the summer versus winter time. But Florida, there's, there's no season in Florida. You know, you get one season a year. We get right? we get, get summer. We get, we get really summer. bad summer. We and we get, get hurricane. That's all we get. We get, we get summer hurricane, hurricane season. We get maybe two weeks of spring it and make fall. Sense in Florida. <laughs> yeah, it, it was 83 degrees today. In it felt hotter than November. That. Yeah, it, it felt well, hotter I'm, than that. But it, I mean, 50 degrees. It's, it's amazing. You know, it, it doesn't matter because in like. 50 years there's just going to be one season hurricane season that's all they're <laughs> going to be because the water is going to be so hot that those things are going to be like there's going to be six of them Atlantic Ocean uh, and the Pacific just swirling around all over the place and it'll go on forever see hurricane season used to end in November but eventually but I we've think, had I think there were storms in December last year or the year before I thought there so. was something right I thought so yeah it's getting later and later yeah, it's just going to yeah, be that's a, more reason for them to raise insurance. What insurance? There's no insurance in this state anymore. <laughs> Everybody's leaving. There's one insurer in the state of Florida. One. I know. <laughs> now it's all of terrible. the other insurers have left. We're not, well, this is this is venturing way into the realm of like politics and and things like that. And I don't know if that's the. Well, let's we talk about go. the healthcare stat. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's the healthcare stat, and we'll have more. This is going to be an ongoing thing. We didn't start this in October, so that we could end it in October. This healthcare horror thing is going to consi- cons- uh, is going to continue Consi- consistently. Yeah, consistently continue is what I was going for before <laughs> it fumbled over all of my words. But yes, because the healthcare system in this country is completely broken, and I'm saying that as a as a doctor. I think we're all saying that, and we all agree on that. And yep. shedding light on that is the only way that. I feel like we have any kind of power. We're going to talk about the Sergio Brown story because it's interesting to us as psychiatrists and psychologists, especially Suzanne and me, who are not just, you know, psychiatrists and psychologists, psychiatrists and psychologists, but we're both forensics. We do forensics. Mm -hmm. And so this is interesting to us. Um, Not that it's gotten in the realm of forensics, but we're going to play a what if. We don't don't know exactly what's, what's, what's going on, but we know that there was an arrest. There was a, you know, at some point there was a a warrant issued for that individual, so we can, I guess it's probably knowledge now, we can talk about it because it's probably knowledge. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. So let's say. let's recap the story. If you don't know, Sergio Brown is or was a football player. He played for, I know he played for the Bills. He played for a couple other teams. Oh. He spent about seven years. He was mostly a backup safety, I believe. Um, and then he retired... And then this happened last month. So I'm going to play this uh, sound. It is from WGN 9 in Chicago. 
Hi, good evening, Jackie and Taman. Police have this residential cul-de-sac behind us roped off as they investigate. According to family members, the Merrill's Park and Maywood Police Departments are investigating the death of Myrtle Simmons Brown, the mother of former NFL player Sergio Brown, who loved ones say they have not heard from. Now, earlier today, we talked to Sheila Simmons, who is the sister of Myrtle Simmons Brown, and she told us that she last talked to Myrtle on Thursday. She says early this morning, around 3 a.m., she got a call that Myrtle and her nephew, former NFL player Sergio Brown, were missing. Sheila says she came to her sister and nephew's house in Maywood and noticed things around the house were out of the ordinary. Sheila says she and police searched the creek behind the house and initially didn't find anything. But later in the day, she and family members went back to search and discovered her sister's body in the creek. Okay, so that's the story. What happened there was they found the body of his mother and they did not find him. And he apparently... What happened was he went to Mexico. He absconded. And then he uploaded two videos to Instagram, to his Instagram stories, where he was sort of mumbling about the FBI and conspiracies and just acting really weird. We're going to play those sounds in a second. And then he uploaded a third one, which we don't have the sound of because there's nothing to really play. You have to see it. It's just him dancing. He's just dancing in Mexico. So, and that was a week after these two that popped up. I believe they popped up back to back and back to back days or within a two day period. They were very close together. So this is the first one that he uploaded to Instagram about, I want to say a few days to a week after the story it. broke. Fake news, fake news, fake news. It has to be the... FBI, they came into my house on Bob Marley's death day with a 511 agent gas, unwarranted. They kidnapped me twice from home, the Maywood Police Department, right? Chris Fuqua did it twice. Aaron Pepper was there the second time that it happened. It had to be the FBI or the Maywood Police. I thought my mama was on vacation in Sinaloa. That's fake news. On my goddamn face. She retired. If you want to come to me? The Maywood police got to give me money. FBI had to do it. They got the power to do something like that. What the f is going on? That's fake news. Don't come with me. Already then. And then to yeah. follow that up, he uploaded this. And by the way, you, obviously this is an audio medium, so we can't you can't see what he's doing. But he's basically just got the camera in his face. That that's there's no phone. video that's yeah yeah, it's yeah. Fun. all right so this is the second one that was uploaded the right very shortly after that I got it Dory it's P Sherman forty two Wallaby Way Sydney oh my gosh I can't just keep swimming just keep swimming what the <laughs> missing they ain't missing finding me mom what the is going on this is traumatic lucky I know how to say a joke you. What the f Just keep swimming. If it wasn't tragic, I would laugh, but it, it tell me that's not a funny yeah. song. Yeah. I mean, if, <laughs> if, if, in, in, the, in the context, in the context of what's happening to his, what, what happened to his mother, you know, you kind of, you kind of, you know, ask yourself, why is he, you know, in that kind of state of mind when his mother is declared dead, mm -hmm. you know? 
in the creek behind her home. (laughs) Right. We're we're not going to speculate on his mental health, although there's a lot of ideas that we have. Um, They might be or might not be similar to a discussion we had a few weeks back about another person who decided that they wanted to take their phone into their hands and upload videos. But that's not the point of this discussion. We're going to talk about a what if, but let me finish the story here. After those two videos, he, like I said, he uploaded a third one where he was just dancing in in some town in Mexico, it looked like. And then this happened. Brown, 35, was arrested in San Diego while re-entering the U.S. from Mexico. Police in Maywood, Illinois said he is awaiting extradition to Maywood, a suburb of Chicago, to face the murder charge, police said. Mexican law enforcement officers have known Brown's whereabouts since at least September 19th. A law enforcement source familiar with the investigation told CNN, which was first reported, which were, which was first to report Brown's arrest. Mexican law enforcement deported him after authorities in Illinois obtained an arrest warrant pertaining to his mother's death, the source said. Brown's deportation was not without incident, the source said, indicating the former NFL player created a disturbance on an extra, extradition flight from Mexico City to Tijuana and was threatened with removal by the plane's captain, which I think is interesting. Like. They're extraditing him on this plane. He created a problem, so they're going to kick him off the, the extradition plane. plane, which doesn't either. make any sense. But anyway, it didn't the make point sense is, either. It might have been poorly written. We don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, but they, he, he was yeah, caught in Mexico else? City by Mexican authorities. Deported. He went to Tijuana, then deported to Mex mm-hmm. to San Diego. To San Diego, and and he is back in Chicago now. There was a hearing about two to three weeks ago. But there has been no plea entered as of right now that I'm aware of in this story. So that's kind of where the story is. Have they formally filed any charges? Murder. I, yeah, like they charge charged him yeah, with yeah. murder, yeah. or were yeah. they yeah. still detaining yeah. him? Yeah. And, him. Okay, I think it was charged. Yeah, um, yeah I believe so. Uh, okay. They issued the warrant for murder. So I assume that when they get him back. Uh, They're going to, well, all right, let's put it this way. We don't know if he was officially charged with murder, but he is likely going to be charged with that because that was the arrest. Okay. So what we're going to do here is we're going to actually talk about uh, NGRI, which stands for not guilty by reason of insanity, not because that's what he's doing. We have no idea what the plea is, but we're doing a what if speculation kind of thing. What if he did file a plea for NGRI? What does it mean? What are the standards? So NGRI is a plea for saying that your client, speaking as a lawyer, your client did the thing, but he wasn't in his right state of mind right. at, at the time that he mm-hmm. did it. And it is a affirmative plea. In other words, the defense brings it up, they make the plea, and they have to then prove that that is true as opposed to the it. way it is normally. In a court where the prosecution has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that someone committed a crime, when it comes to an, a, a not guilty by reason of insanity defense, right. the defense then has to make that proof, and the standard for that is preponderance uh, of the it's evidence. Preponderance, yeah. Which I so, believe is fifty percent. More more evidence than not points to it. That's right. So, yeah. so I'm guessing the 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 lawyer's job is to. Forget about the the actual crime and then to shine, uh, to wave a shiny object and say, forget about the crime. Let's talk about the individual. The the you know the, the accused was sick. 
forget about what he did, but the, the person well, was sick. Y- you no. still have to talk about what the person did because you have to put it into context of, of the person's mental health condition, whatever was going on with him. And that is the reason why this act was committed or, um, you know, and I, there's different standards for insanity, right. depending on the state. And I know, Dimitri, you were going to go into that as well. So I'll save that for you in there. But you have to talk about the crime in the context of an insanity. That's right. Because otherwise you can't have an insanity defense without the reason that you're doing it. So essentially what you're doing is you're admitting that they did it, but that they just were were there in whatever standard is necessary in the state. So let, let's do a little background on NGRI here. Yeah. So it, it, I think... I think if I'm not mistaken, this is far beyond the year. This is like 1800s kind of stuff. Like it's not it's not recent that people have have you know played the that that that, that card, the defense, you know. And if I'm not, well, you guys probably know better than I do. Yeah, the insanity defense was you know historically, um, they used to have things like the wild beast standard, um, as yeah. what was kind of yeah. like the equivalent of an insanity defense, and that was basically yeah. the person didn't know what they were doing no more right. so than like an infant or a wild beast or a brute. Right. You're right. So, you know, that yeah. was kind of like the standard. But then I think um what had happened in England with the McNaughton standard. McNaughton, McNaughton and that's really um what started setting some more stringent standards right. for it. And that's really where we see the model for the current day. So let's do let's do a little bit of a history lesson, kitties. Right. The uh, original McNaughton standard, yeah. it was 1843 in England when Daniel McNaughton uh, attempted to murder the prime minister, believing that he was the prime minister, not this other guy. Okay. okay. So that's the original one. And that came out. What happened was they put forth this idea that he really didn't know what he was doing. And the court came up with what is now known as the McNaughton Standard, which states that an individual did not know what he was doing was wrong. And it's a very simple thing. And the words really do matter here because law is all about words. So the wording in it is that they did not know that what they were doing was wrong, Um, right? No is a cognitive idea it is a it, thinking process yeah. it has nothing to do right. with it. it has nothing to do with emotion nothing to do with your ability to control your behavior it is purely cognitive having emotions it's completely irrelevant it is a it is a cognitive standard and the cognitive standard is did you not know that it was wrong in other words did you think what you did you think cognitively that what you were doing was the correct path which actually is a very I think it's a very low standard to be. Yeah, honest. it's loose. Like yes, so that's the original one. I could go to a country and break the law, and I say, "Well, I didn't know your law. I don't know." Ignorance of the law isn't a defense. So that that's where that's where that's where in court <laughs> you get you get you get to debate. You know, was it was it willful ignorance or was it not knowing because of cognitive uh, uh, disability, right? Right. But but what happened was they they improved that that you have to have. Because of a mental defect or disability. In other words, you can't just walk in and slap someone in another country and go, I didn't know that was wrong. 
You right. actually have to have a mental problem <laughs> right, before right, you can right. actually so, make that. And that, right. that's why they, they, they have psychological testing and psychiatric interviews to see if that person is playing the, oh, I didn't know card, or if see that they have a, a real psychiatric or psychological issue going yeah, on. That's right. You know, and I think the thing is too, and Steph, just kind of along the lines of what you're saying, you know, um, the insanity defense is not attempted very often. The stats are right, basically so. 1% of all criminal cases right. attempt an insanity defense. And of right. that, only one-tenth are successful. So it's That's super right. stringent. Yeah. It's it's super low. People, people because of media mm -hmm. and because of movies, think that this is done all the time. All the time. Yeah. And they're trying to get away with it, right? They're trying to get away right. with it, right? Because, oh, I'm just going to say I'm crazy and I didn't do it. All right. So the point is it's very, very uncommon. <laughs> That people use it, and it's even less common that it is successful. Okay, so we're getting that out of the way. The next thing is what happened in the 50s is the American Law Institute came out with their own standard and mm -hmm. didn't change McNaughton, but they sort of added to it as mm -hmm. another idea. And their, what's now called the ALI standard, is a person is not responsible for criminal conduct if at the time of such conduct, as a result of mental disease or defect, he lacks substantial capacity either to appreciate the criminality of his conduct or to conform his conduct to the requirements of the law. So that extra part that was added in there, now it makes it not strictly a cognitive standard. Now here right. we have the behavioral control aspect of it. And it softens the original cognitive standard to appreciate. Exactly. And it's, it's not right. appreciate... It, it's not no right and wrong. It's appreciate the criminality mm -hmm. of the conduct. So it it sort of gives a more soft landing for this standard. Now, the reason I read that specifically is because every state has their own separate standard. There's a federal standard, which is McNaughton, which is what, uh, who was the guy that shot Reagan? John Hinckley. That's the one he was that's the one that they used for him because that's a federal standard. Every state is different. Florida, by the way, is a McNaughton state, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Okay. And so this, this case is going to be in Illinois. And this is the Illinois standard for insanity. It is Article 6, Section 6-2, insanity. A person is not criminally responsible for conduct if at the time of such conduct, as a result of mental disease or mental defect, he lacks substantial capacity to appreciate the criminality of his conduct. That's it. That's the standard. So they take the ALI standard that we just read, they break it in half, and they only use the first part of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Does now, if I'm, if I want to put some, you know, other uh, um, uh, ingredients in the in the pot, what if someone is under the influence of, of drugs, alcohol, whatever? That's that's right. the issue. And that's a lot of reasons why the insanity defense isn't successful for people. Exactly. We know that mental health disorders have co-occurring substance abuse disorders. Right. Right. But when the legal system looks at substance use and a person is high and they're committing or these acts, it, it's voluntary intoxication, which there is not a viable defense. There you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. And there's there's you know, we're not reading these things, but there's specific definitions for mental disease and mental defect, yeah. right? So right. the the standards In always say cases. because of that. Right. You, you yeah. can't have, a, you, I, I'm, I'm, I like that you mentioned that, you can't have a psychiatric condition or psychological um, disability and still commit a crime and found guilt. 
you can't have schizophrenia and, and found guilty. You can't have bipolar disorder and found guilty. You can have any other psychiatric condition and still able to know right from wrong. That, that's the thing. You, having a, a psychological issue or, or disability of psychiatric condition does not, does, it's not a pretext for saying, I don't know right from wrong, right? So that, that's, that's a, a key distinction I like to make. So people would say, oh, he's schizophrenic. There's no way he knew what he was doing. That's not right. true. And this goes to a lot of the things that we've talked about in the past, like specifically the gun issue mm-hmm. and right. the, the school shootings and the mass shooting. They're saying, well, it's a mental health problem. Maybe, but just because they have a mental health problem doesn't mean that they I weren't mean responsible for what they did. It also doesn't mean they can't plan what they did. It doesn't right. mean they can't carry it out. Okay. And, and it doesn't excuse the behavior. You have to look at the reason behind their actions. So you can have this well thought out planned crime occur from a mentally ill person with, let's say, schizophrenia or some other psychotic disorder. And they are delusional. They have paranoid delusions. And they believe that, you know, this group of people or whatever are out to kill them, right? Or they're they're doing something to harm them in some way. And so this planning takes place as it's almost like an insanity self-defense, right? If you think about it. So you have to look at the reasoning behind their actions. And if it's related to the mental illness, then you can examine the next parts of the insanity standard, right? Correct. But just because- I'm trying to look- Mm -hmm. Just because a person has a mental illness doesn't necessarily mean they would qualify for the insanity defense. I don't know about in your experience, but in my experience, um, I have had cases where it is a very clear cut insanity case where this would definitely qualify for the insanity standard. But the defendant chooses not to use that type of defense because they don't want to be seen as, quote unquote, crazy right? They don't think anything's right. wrong with them. So that's, right. that's really more of what I see as well. Of course, and I'm sure you've had this as well, Dimitri, you've had people who have tried to um, exaggerate things or um, say Absolutely. they have things that aren't really there. Um, but I find a lot of the times you have someone who has a genuine mental health condition mm-hmm. and the crime was clearly um, related to that mental health condition. Right. But they have I mean, to use the defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I recall. I'm not gonna say any name on them, but I, I recall that 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 case like like it was yesterday. I, I used to work at a at a forensic center where they house people that were found to be NGRI, people that are that went to court and they were found not be able to stand to stand trial. So mm-hmm. instead of proceeding to to to, the, to courts uh, uh, procedures. They just, you know, house them in a psychiatric center because they cannot be in society and at the same time they cannot be found guilty, but they are really sick. So that one woman, obviously at that time when I saw her, she was on medication. She had enough insight, which is interesting. How, having insight doesn't mean that you you you, you were supposed to, to be guilty. She had insight in what she did and she showed remorse in the fact that she had killed the two babies because at that time she had voices telling her the two babies were the second coming of, of Jesus Christ. So she had killer babies, so the babies get reborn. So what happened to her, when she killed the babies, she realized the babies were still, you know, lifeless. There was no revelation. There was no reborn of the babies. And she herself called the police. And she was, obviously, she was found distraught, crying and psychotic and whatnot, you know. And she, you know, was found to be 
not fit for 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 trial and she's chronically sick and she cannot you know she cannot be let in, in society but she's in a program where she takes medication she's housing everything you know that that's a, a case where I would, you would you would say that person right. at that time at that time did not know what they were doing right i want to point out one more mis- misnomer about ngri defenses not just that people think it's used a lot and it wins and it's an excuse but people also think that if you get ngri you're like released Right, you get to go free, back yeah. out in public. Yeah. You're free. You're yeah. innocent. It's totally not that way. Get remanded to a psychiatric facility, and you're under the department. You're under here. You're right. under um, Department of Children and Family Services custody, basically as right. well. In other you're places, right state. Like in yeah. Illinois, it's Department of Human Services. One of my former jobs was to head a step down unit for these type of individuals, and um, it. They they're they're there until the psychiatrist there tells them it's okay to leave. Right, and it's right. Almost impossible. Possible to, they, to they get a programs. psychiatrist to take that right. leap. They have, because... I, I'm sure there are programs where they let you in, go back to society very very minimally and very gradually. They do, but Steph, they you have do. to understand something. It's the psychiatrist is putting their neck on the line to say this person is ready for reintegration yeah. into society. <laughs> Yeah. If that guy commits any There's a crime, lot of liability on that. you're gonna yeah. it's gonna fall right back. So it's almost right. worse to get an NGRI convict to, to get the NGRI because you end up in a hospital at the whim of usually one individual. Whereas if you're convicted of a crime, let's say it's not murder because you end up life, but you may get five, ten years, and then you're free, like it's over. But right. when it's an NGRI, you may get there, you may be there for twenty years. It's it's yeah. it's yeah. it's not as easy, too. and yeah. you you lose a lot of liberties too. Besides yes. besides getting in the constitution, like yes. financial issues, you know, your yes. capacity for certain stuff, or you you lose them, you become a warden of the state. Yeah, in Arizona, I had worked at the state hospital there. I had um, completed an internship there, and there they were guilty except insane. That was the term that was used back in Arizona. Right at least back then when I was there. Um, And in order to go into our community reintegration unit, which was a separate building in and of itself, they had passes, they had all of this stuff. Things had to be approved by almost, it was almost like a parole board in a way. It was called the Psychiatric Security Review Board. And it was a group of individuals that basically get all of the information and it was a hearing style type meeting. And these people would make the determination if the person was okay to go to this unit, okay to no longer meet criteria to stay at the hospital, um, if they can go to some other step-down facility. It was extremely difficult. I just want to finalize this segment with the Colorado shooter, the guy in Aurora, and just reiterate how difficult it is to get this. Mm -hmm. He pled NGRI. And if you don't remember this, this is the guy that came in to the Batman movie and shot everyone in the Batman movie. And when you look back at him, his behavior and all, you know, all the things from his house and his videos, he thought he was the Joker and and there was a lot of really, really weird things. But he was evaluated by two psychiatrists for that trial. And both of them said that he had mental illness. In fact, they diagnosed him with, uh, one of them diagnosed him with schizotypal personality disorder, but they both found them legally sane. And this right. is the okay. Guy, Which, know, by the way, it's story. not a diagnosis. We don't diagnose insanity. We don't. No, no, no. no I get people no, are I, sane or not. So, no, right. just That's I right. want to clarify for our listeners. Correct. It's they don't. You don't. You don't get diagnosed with legal sanity. 
but he, the, he did get a diagnosis of schizotypal personality disorder, which is a actual real psychiatric diagnosis. Yes. But he was, they, the opinion was that he was legally sane. He didn't meet the NGRI standard right. in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And it was two psychiatrists that said the same thing. And the defense sort of called for a mistrial and they you know, thought the jury was tainted and everything. So the defense did really their best to get this done. And when you, if you don't remember this, go and read up on it. Mm-hmm. This guy, if there was anyone that anybody thought was going to get NGRI, when you look at this guy and what he was doing in his videos, this is this is the guy. And even he couldn't. So it's very difficult to get. I mean, I, I don't want to simplify it, but I feel like that. That I, I hang my hat on the the ability of knowing right from wrong. If you're planning a, a act like this and you're doing it, at, you know, it, concealing your whatever you purchase, you're concealing, you're, you're purchasing guns illegally, you're purchasing everything illegally. It's already because you know it's wrong, right? No. If you know, no, but I, no. So no. Why are you hiding? I, why are you hiding an no. act that you're about to you planning and you're hiding, hiding it? Steph, you're Fine. thinking hiding. like a rational person, not That's perhaps right. somebody who has delusions, right. not someone who's paranoid, not someone who has problems with reality testing, which right. is the majority of what you're going to find. You have to put it into the context of the person, and you can't make those blanket statements. And That's in right. all honesty, most of them aren't going around buying illegal weapons. In the cases I've right. worked on, they got it totally. Legally, within the limit. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you this. I had a guy who was completely delusional and planned out his act. And I'm not going to go into the story or mention it specifically. What I'm saying is that this person had a very severe and persistent mental illness. He took months to plan this thing out. Did, did that he person did know what was, was wrong? He knew it was wrong. Just simply to answer your question, no. He thought what he was doing was perfectly fine because... He thought he was being victimized and this was the only way he could get out. Did everything he could and did the act and was like, yeah, I did it, man. Like I, it was the only thing I could do. I mean, I mean blending and in, in, in hiding, blending, blending in, in, you know. Hiding is different, but still, even with hiding, even with hiding, you have to take it individually. Hiding though, yes, is one of those things where you would, it would make you think that they, they, they you knew, knew that it was wrong, it was wrong. But you can't you can't make you that you can't make statement. that assumption right, yeah. without sure, sure. thoroughly evaluating the That's person right. and putting sure. it into context of their situation. Mental health tip of the daytime. Day full of hiccups? Need a shake-up? Listen up! It's the Psych Effect Podcast Mental Health Tip of the Day! On October 28th, Matthew Perry was found dead in a hot tub in Los Angeles. The cause of death is unknown. We may not even know for four to six months, but we thought we would dedicate this mental health to the tip of the day to the Friends star. I watched Friends when it was in the 90s. I don't know. If I you grew guys up did. On, on Friends. Everybody did Friends. Friends. Okay. Everybody. Actually, Chandler was my favorite character. Yeah. So, yeah. He, he, I, I just liked his personality, kind of related to him. He was always a, but, a pick me up. Whenever I, I, yes. I, I was like feeling, feeling low, I just put Friends on. Yeah. 
this is him talking about his addiction, which was very public and it was known and he was writing a book and this is him talking about addiction and shame. So this is your mental health for the day. I want people to understand that they're not alone, that there are other people feeling exactly the way they're feeling, that their behavior is not insane, that they have a disease and it's not their fault. There's a very famous kind of line that people don't change. I happen to know that people do change and I see that every day. He's right. Mm -hmm. We talked about yeah. that on a previous mental health tip that change is possible. Yeah. And yeah, and um, you know, we don't we don't know exactly what happened to him, but his message will always be valid, always resonate. So Yep. So, mm -hmm. Rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Thank you all for joining us today. Again, remember, like, follow, subscribe. We're on all of the social medias and leave a written review if you could for us. We're yeah, gonna keep asking. Yeah. yeah. All right. Take care, guys. Everyone. Bye. Bye. The previous podcast is for general informational purposes only and represented the individual opinions of Dr. Dimitri Bick, Dr. Stefan de Graff, Dr. Suzanne Mignon, and the guests. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or other professional healthcare services and should not be taken as medical advice or an establishment of standard of care. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.